Welcome to the Northbrook Next Gen Podcast. A podcast created to help the next generation and the parents and influencers who love them. And now on to today's show. Hello and welcome back to the Northbrook Next Gen Podcast. I'm Pastor Janelle with Student Ministries here and I am with Pastor John. Hey everyone. And we are so excited about today's topic because we are going to be talking about all things junior high. All right. I'm ready. This is my, I'm not going to lie, this is my favorite age group. And so I am so pumped to talk about this today. And I'm so thankful it's your favorite <laughs> age group. Uh, I think I like senior hires a little better, but I'm so, I'm so glad that you love the middle schoolers. I love them too, most days. <laughs> most days, yes. I love them. We are excited to talk about them. So John, uh, why don't you give us uh, an, an overview of what we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. So today, we are going to try to give you a concise, brief overview of what it's like to be a junior hire, what the latest research and findings are telling us about what it is to be in their world and to live day to day as a middle schooler in America coming out of COVID. (laughs) And um, these are all from different resources that we've found, and we'll link them in the show notes. But St. Francis of Assisi has this great quote. He says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And the more that we can understand the world of our, um, our kids, our middle school students, the more we can understand them and be curious about why they do what they do, um, the better we're gonna be able to parent them and guide them in this very crucial season in their lives. So that's what this is all about, giving you as parents, um, hopefully, a little more insight into the world of your junior high child. Yes, and what I love so much is Ashley Bohink in her book, Communicating to Middle Schoolers, puts it so well. She says that middle schoolers are their own unique, crazy, and awesomeness all wrapped into one. And I love that. I think that's just such a good description of them. They are unique, they're crazy, but they're awesome, and we love them. And we're going to talk about them today. So um, what I'm going to do here is give you all an overview of where middle schoolers are at developmentally. So we're going to be talking about where they are physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, and spiritually. And when we talk, when we say middle schoolers, we're talking about 10 to 14 years old. So around the world, middle school can vary um, as far as what ages they are. But here where we are in North America, we are talking about students that are 10 to 14 years old. Um, And this is such a unique phase. So much is changing in them. And so we're going to talk about it today. So first, let's jump into how they are changing physically. So in middle school, we are jumping into puberty. They're getting taller. They're having some of them are having growth spurts. Some of them are not. And their voices are changing. Acne starts showing up. Body hair grows. And it can be an overwhelming experience for a middle schooler with all the physical changes that they are experiencing. Yes. And so you as parents have a crucial role to play. First of all, realize that they're going to be very self-conscious, even if they act cocky and like they have it all figured out. (laughs) On the inside, they're feeling very, very uh, self-conscious. And so what you can do is just validate that they're normal, that what they're going through, what they're experiencing is normal, even if they're ahead or behind their friends. 
um, when it comes to physical changes, that it's all totally fine, that it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. And even if they're feeling uh, like everyone else is ahead of them or everyone else is behind them and they're feeling very alone, just just validate their feelings and let them know it's okay, mm-hmm. that it's completely normal and they're going to be fine. Yes, yes. It reminds me when my brother, he did not hit his growth spurt until his senior year of high school. And Poor he guy. just was so sad. <laughs> he thought he was behind and then he got he shot up last year of high school. So everyone, it just hits, everyone develops at different ages. It, it just varies from each person. So. Yes. The next area where they are developing is mentally. So their brain is completely rewiring. Um, Ashley writes in her book that their brain is changing and developing as much and as fast right now as it does during the toddler years, which is just wild. Like that blows my mind. Like they are so moldable right now. They're changing so much um, in several different ways. They're often very forgetful. Um, They still think very concretely. So they take what is in front of them at face value without thinking beyond their own viewpoint or generalizing the information to other meanings or situations. So their brain has not developed the ability to think abstractly yet. They're very black and white thinking. Yes. So as parents, a couple things that you can do. First off, try to help them. Uh, learn to have a filter on their words. Uh, things like just telling them to pause and th- and just stop for a couple seconds before they speak can be helpful. Let their brain catch up. Um, secondly, uh, questions like what were you thinking are not helpful in this phase <laughs> because honestly sometimes they're not sure what they were thinking. Yes. They just did something uh, before their brain had a chance to tell them not to do it. And yes. so a uh, little extra grace in this season and um, instead of questions like, what were you thinking, uh, maybe forward, forward questions like, well, what would be a better decision in the future um, allows them to actually think and learn while not guilting them for the fact that some days their brain's just not, not thinking <laughs> and they're just going to do something and then uh, their brain will catch up and, and they'll be like, ooh, I'm not sure why I did that. Yeah, and you asking that question of what would be a better decision in the future helps them practice that forward thinking. Um, which is great because they sometimes will take these random risks because they're mentally unable to comprehend the consequences that may happen in the future as a result of their actions or decisions. That's just their little brains can't think ahead like that yet. So um, like Pastor John said, just ask, ask questions instead of saying, what were you thinking? Help them exercise that that forward thinking mentality. Yes. So the next way that they are developing is socially. So in this phase, friendships change drastically and they change often. Um, At this point in um, in their life, they are now choosing their friends instead of friendships being based on proximity. So as they were younger, right, they were friends with who they went to school with or who um, their family is friends with. Um, But now they're choosing their friends based on common interests, who they like being around, who they feel like likes them. And um, going along with that, they're very motivated by acceptance. Um, And being affirmed socially is so important for them in this phase. Um, And they often do whatever they can to get it. So, So friendships are changing so drastically and it is becoming very it's it's becoming very important to them in this in this phase of their life yes so uh parents one thing that you can do in this season is try to strategically point your child towards healthy friend groups 
and realize this may involve encouraging them to join a club or um, a hobby outside school if they're having trouble finding uh, good friends in school. And realize that you still have, this is kind of the last season where you have quite a bit of control over who they get to hang out with. They don't have their driver's license yet. Um, and so make sure that you are intentional about finding out who their friends are, learning about their friends, and trying to be selective in who you allow them to spend a lot of their time uh, with. And remember that less friends is still a better option than your child being in the wrong friend group. And so um, there might be a season in middle school where they might feel a little alone, may not feel like they have a ton of friends, but that is better than them being in the wrong friend group. Um, and lastly, be ready to help them navigate friend drama and rejection. Middle school is where uh, not only do they get to pick their friends, but their friends get to start picking their friends, which means sometimes their friends uh, may reject them, they may hurt them. And so just be ready, again, to show up with empathy and love and um, help them navigate when they're rejected or when they enter into a season where there's some drama in their friend group. Yes, such good, such good advice. Um, the other way that they're developing, which goes along with this, can feed into the social development is that they're developing emotionally. So they experience way more emotions than they ever have before. Um, Ashley in her book does a great job of painting of this um, visual example where she so she shows a picture of an artist's palette, and um, when they're young and more of the elementary uh, age, they have three different colors on their palette. So they're really only able to experience three major emotions, which is happiness, sadness, and anger. And so, but then when they go into middle school, they add like 10 more colors to that palette so they're experiencing all these different emotions and they don't necessarily know how to name or express them but they're very real and they're very intense yes so one of the best things that you can do as a parent to help your child um, is help them name those feelings um, david thomas and sissy goff uh, who are parent experts that have been at northbrook though they uh, they've been they came last year they're hopefully going to be here um, this year in april um, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Yes, to our Equip Parenting Conference, shameless plug. Yes. Um, they they mention a feelings chart, and you can find uh, free feelings charts online, super easy to print out and place in your home. And feelings chart, um, feelings charts can just help a child name what they're feeling. Um, and so when, and, you know, instead of them just getting angry or um, resorting to one of the emotions that maybe they understood in childhood, um, really helping them explore, well, actually, I think what you're feeling right now is rejection or mm -hmm. um, you're feeling shame or whatever. So um, those feelings charts can be super helpful to help your child understand, name the feelings they're experiencing. And it's amazing that when a child can name the feeling, uh, the feeling begins to lose its power over them and they're able to work through that feeling much quicker and much better. So helping your child name their feelings um, for some of us, uh, myself included, who maybe um, aren't great at this as adults, <laughs> it might start with, uh, with us being better at naming our feelings around our kids. Um, but that can be super helpful, helping our, our children name their feelings um, as they navigate this new world where there's a lot of really strong feelings in middle school. Yes, that's so good. Um, and the last way that they're developing is spiritually. So... Middle schoolers are now able to express doubt. 
Um, they start asking questions, which helps them actually understand things for themselves. Um, I think a lot of times when we see um, a student doubt in their faith, it kind of freaks us out and we think, oh, they're going to walk away from the faith. They're, they're asking questions, but it actually, doubt actually helps strengthens our, helps to strengthen our faith because faith that has gone through the process of doubt and questioning is way stronger than a blind faith. Yes. So good. So parents on this one, uh, encourage questions. Don't freak out if your child begins to question their faith. Uh, it's a good thing and celebrate. Celebrate the fact that they are making their faith their own. Celebrate when they ask really good questions about their faith um, and encourage it. And as your child begins to uh, wrestle with their faith, know that it's so much better that they question and wrestle with their faith in your house uh, than do it later on in life, like in college. So, so don't freak out, celebrate it, encourage it. And if you don't have answers, don't make anything up. Uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us or explore the different resources that are available online. Um, but know that encouraging questions is only going to help your child because they're going to question their faith at one point or another, and you'd rather them do it in your house and feel free to come to you with their questions uh, than hide them. Absolutely. So that is an overview of how middle schoolers are developing physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, and spiritually. And so what we want to do next um, is something a little more fun. So we found these funny, relatable descriptions of each grade, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade from one of the books through Orange called It's Just a Phase, So Don't Miss It by Reggie Joyner and Kristen Ivey. And they do a great job of giving short, relatable, funny explanations of each grade. So for 6th grade, they said... The phase when there's never enough groceries, too many hormones, and a dramatic kid that needs someone to prove who cares. So good. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Seventh grade says the phase when nothing you do is cool, what they feel right now matters most, and one suddenly socially kid wants to know who's going. I love that. Kids yes. who just become social butterflies out of the blue. Yes. <laughs> right? Their friends are becoming so important to them. And eighth grade is the phase when it's cool to have choices. It's not cool to answer questions. And one smart kid will remind you, yeah, I know. <laughs> Again, so right on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you can relate, John. Yes. Which brings us into our next part and our last part of this episode. Um, so Pastor John is actually a parent of a middle schooler. His oldest daughter is halfway through her eighth grade year. And so uh, what we have here is a couple questions that we're going to ask someone who's in the thick of it right now. Um, and so I have a couple questions that I'll be asking John um, where he can explain how he has applied some of these principles to his parenting. So, John, you're on the hot seat. Are you ready? Fire away. I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, my first question for you is what was the most surprising thing about this phase? Um, I think the most surprising thing was how quickly it's gone. Uh, so it seems like yesterday, you know, it's so some cliche, but it seems like yesterday that we had um, actually not even a sixth grader, but a little kid. And now all of a sudden we're almost all the way through middle school. And mm -hmm. there were certainly days that felt long, but uh, it went by really, really quick. And so I guess my encouragement would be if you have a middle schooler and it's dragging, um, if you're, you're struggling, just know it's a season, you're gonna get through it, and you're gonna wake up uh, one day and be like, wow, all right, 
we're, we're through that. We're on to high school. So mm-hmm. um, that was probably the most surprising. It actually, though it can be a challenging season for sure as a parent, it does go by and before you know it, it'll be over. And the, the, the title of that book I mentioned earlier is so fitting then, right? It's just a phase, so exactly. don't miss it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Um, so what have you loved about this phase of parenting? I think th- um, there's there's a number of things that I've enjoyed, but I think one of the things that I've really um, f- found fun is watching uh, watching our daughter make her faith her own. And it can be scary because, you know, in some ways it's easier to just have your child kind of just, you know, kind of like regurgitate whatever you tell them to believe. <laughs> and so that when they start asking questions and um, questioning their faith, that's that can be a scary thing as a parent. But at the end of the day, it, it's healthy, and so it's been it's been kind of fun to watch um, to watch her make her faith her own and wrestle with you know the questions that we all need to wrestle with um, uh, whether or not she's really going to follow Jesus and make faith her own, and so um, just being able to to watch that and be uh, a part of that, but also take some deep breaths and remind myself this is this is the process. It's a good thing she's questioning her faith. Um, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch her begin to make her faith her own. And I think that does really start in middle school. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, next question, what has been the most challenging thing about this phase of parenting? Yes. Well, well <laughs> how much time you got? Um, no. Um, I would, you know, I think middle school is where it really, really felt like we were, my wife and I were moving from the teacher role to the coach role. Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked we've talked at Northbrook when it comes to parenting about how there's different seasons you parent differently. And um, and so, you know, when kids are younger, you're really in that teaching mode and you're, you're, you know, you're teaching everything and they're relying on you. But when you hit middle school, you start to have to give them a little more freedom and they start making some of their own decisions and you really start that transition. Now that transition continues into high school for sure, I'm assuming. I don't have, you know, just based on my, t- my chats with other parents. But um, it's been tough to, to realize that, um, you know, we are now kind of moving to that coach role mm-hmm. where our daughter has to make her own decisions and um, make choices that she has to live with. And so we, um, rather than be parents that try to micromanage everything, which is not healthy. Uh, we we have to take a deep breath, step back, and and become coaches, and um, you know give advice when we feel like it's necessary or when or when asked for, but um, also realize that the the teacher season is coming to an end, and what our daughter needs now are um, coaches that are there for her, and she needs to have the freedom to begin to to make her own choices. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Okay, this is not off script, so we can take this out if we want. But what would be an example of you stepping into the role of a coach and giving her her own freedom to make her own decisions? Like, can you think of an example of a time when you guys did that? Yeah, um, I think just even with her schedule, you know, so Mm -hmm. she, you know, right now she serves down our children's ministry at Northbrook. Um, but you know, we've learned to start to give her freedom on what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. we don't tell her she has to serve. Um, you know, we encourage her to serve, um, and we encourage her to, uh, be involved in the life of the church, but we're realizing that, you know, in a a few short years, she's going to be on her own. She's going to have to make that choice for herself. And so we're already starting to just coach, 
where she serves, um, even in the friend groups, you know, like, like we just talked about when she was younger, we kind of picked her friends for her. Now, instead of teaching her and, and picking out her friends, we're kind of coaching her on like, hey, this is the type of friend you want to look for. Um, this is the tra- type of drama you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the things you look for. And so we're kind of moving to that coach role where ultimately she's got to make the choice of who her friends are going to be. And, um, and instead of dictating what friends she'll have, we're moving into that coach role where we're, we're simply trying to give her advice and then letting her make the decision decisions on who she hangs out with. Yeah, that's really good. That's cool. We'll keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> Made the cut. Um, so looking back, now that you are almost through a full season of parenting through middle school, uh, would you do anything differently? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Obviously, I mean, you know, there's certainly lots of things that I'm sure we would have done differently had we now looking back. But I think the the main thing I wish we would have done a little bit more of would probably be reach out to more parents who have had children in middle school um, and made it through. Um, you know, there's so much wisdom from parents, other parents that have navigated that season and so occasionally we would reach out to parents and I always felt like it was super helpful so there'd be a season where we were like oh my gosh like is this normal are we bad parents and we'd reach out to a parent and they'd be like oh no that's totally normal you know don't freak out or here's what I did and so when we did that it was super helpful Uh, I wish we would have done a little more of that just connected with parents and that had been through that season I think it probably would have saved us um, some some worried days or um, some head-scratching moments, but um, very thankful for the parents we did talk to. But yeah, I probably probably would have tried to reach out to a few more parents who'd been through that season. Yeah, that's really good. That's like applicable for everything that we go through in life. Um, okay, last question. So if you were giving advice to a parent about some key components to parenting in this phase, what would you tell them? So basically things that you were like, I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, aside from listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think I would say, you know, lead with curiosity. Um, you know, have curiosity when you, as you interact with your child, um, give them grace, realize that they're going to make mistakes. And um, above all things, this is true for every season, but I think especially in middle school, you know, uh, preserve the relationship as much as possible. Fight for your relationship. That's one of the parenting principles here at Northbrook. Fight fight for that relationship. Whatever you do, keep that relationship strong. And uh, and do remember, it's just a phase. It's just a season. And so on the good days, the bad days, it's a season. Uh, fight for the relationship. Lead with curiosity. And um, don't be afraid to reach out for help, for resources from other parents. Um, there's there's a ton of great info out there now, and so we don't have to parent alone. Awesome. Well, thank you, John, for your sharing your experience over the last two and a half, almost three years of parenting. Parents, I hope that you found all this information helpful, and uh, we will be linking, like we said earlier, all of the resources that we used for this podcast below. Um, And we are cheering you on. We know that parenting a middle schooler comes with its challenges and also some of its joys as well. So um, if you ever need anything, you can reach out to us. And um, like I said before, we are cheering you on and um, we are rooting for you and we're praying for you. Thanks for listening to this Northbrook Next Gen podcast. 
Be sure to check the show notes for relevant info and check back for more podcasts coming soon.